Again, you can mark the book of Exodus chapter 23, but I want to read one verse if I can. The book of Proverbs chapter 17 is where I'm going to begin reading this morning. And as you're turning to these two places, uh, the simple thought has come to me that be separate. Be separate. You know, I, I thought about Moses. That for 40 years, God separated him, and he had to go into this experience in the, uh, the wilderness. He had to separate. Don't think that separation is always a bad thing. Sometimes God wants us to separate. Now, my, my calling in life is not to tell people what they can and cannot do, but God's word has all the authority to tell us what we can and cannot do. God's word has all the authority to tell us what we should and should not do. Let me read to you if I can. Proverbs chapter 17. And I think about how our society seemingly is, is losing focus on right and wrong. How that we're losing focus on the things that just because that they're common or just because that they are very prevalent in our societies and our economies doesn't mean that these things are always what God is approved of. But listen to what we read in the book of uh, Proverbs 17th chapter and the 15th verse. He that justifieth the wicked. So in other words, listen to this very slowly. He that justifieth the wicked and he that condemneth the just. You mean there is such thing as people that are trying to justify sin and people are rebuking righteousness? Do you think that that exists? And may we not be naive to, to deceive ourselves, folks. It happens. There are people today, there's a society today, there's a culture today that will teach us that wrong is right and right is wrong. And I'm not trying to confuse you. What I am saying is this. He that justifieth the wicked and he that condemneth the just, even they both are abomination to the Lord. Let's go back to the book of Exodus if you mark that for just a minute. Solomon talks about how that it's abomination unto God. And abomination is a very uh, displeasing sense that God gets upon something. It displeases God for those that, that look upon the wicked and, and, and justify and, and try to Imagine the fact that these things are right or these things are good or why they're good. And he also says, God, it's abomination to him for people that take the things that are good and they call those things wicked. Exodus chapter 23. I want to really look down in the 23rd chapter and skip down to the 7th verse. <coughs> Keep thee far from a false matter. Remember this morning we talked about how that we should be separate. Keep thee far from a false matter, and the innocent and righteous slay thou not. For I will not justify the wicked. Remember, again, the first verse we read to you in the book of Proverbs talked about how that people try to justify the wicked or the wicked do these things and this is why they do them. Listen to what we're reading about here in the book of Exodus. You can go back and read just a little bit earlier that God had already been giving his laws or as we might say, his commandments. That goes back into the book of Exodus chapter 20 where God was creating these commandments or these laws. 
And if you get into the latter part of the 21st chapter, it talks about the, the laws of violence. And then it gets into about how that we should treat others, or those that are in uh, ownership, you might even say. That comes from Exodus 21 and in verse 26. And if a man smite the eye of the servant, or the eye is made, that it perish, he shall let him go free for his eye's sake. And, and I'm just telling you because all these laws or guidelines that God is saying how we should do things in our life. And when I say that, get to the 23rd chapter. Do you think it's important for us to listen to God's word when God's word says and teaches us to keep thee far from a false matter? Do you think there's a reason that God is telling us to separate? Folks, this morning I pray that a true New Testament church would realize that we are not the same as the evil and the wickedness that's in the world out there. We are a different people. We are not that we are a better people. We are a saved people with the righteousness of Christ. Listen to what we read here is that uh, in the 23rd chapter in the 7th verse, keep thee far from a false matter. I believe what Paul, excuse me, what Moses is teaching us here and what we're reading about here in the 23rd chapter is, is that it's important for something that is false, something that is not true, or something that is not right, we are given instruction that we must separate. There's a divide that needs to happen. You know, our world, and we may talk about this in a minute, our world is talking about unity and we should all come together. May I, may I tread a fine line this morning by saying this? There is a difference between a saved person and an unsaved person. There is a difference between the life of what the church is, it says and the establishment of that and the, the grounds by which we abide by his word versus what the world said. These are the things. I know that we must be amongst the world, but Jesus himself says that you might be in the world, that we do not become part of the world. And listen to what our instructions are this morning. Keep thee far from a false matter. Why do you think it's important that, that we're given instruction today to stay away? And what we mean by stay away from things is, may we keep ourselves at a safe distance so that we might be the, the people that God would have us to be, doing the things that God would have us to do. Do you believe that sin is, I don't know if I should use the word contagious, but I will. But do you think sin is contagious? And what I mean by that is, is that all the things that transpire in the world, that we look upon those, and it's almost like that these things are waved in front of us to a point of to make you desire to want these things. That's what marketing all is. It's an idea to make you want something that you may not even thought you wanted. So today, I want you to notice this, is that when, when we are given these instructions in the 23rd chapter, in the 7th verse, keep thee far from a false matter. Today, we see is that we're given instructions that we need to stay and stay away from those things that are bad, harmful, and evil. I always heard a saying growing up that if you play with fire, you're going to get burnt. That was just a, a saying that I always heard, that if you're going to play with fire, you're going to get burnt. Isn't it amazing how that we want to be in the midst of all the sinful things and all the ideas and the ways of the world, but then we wonder, Lord, why are we being, uh, why are we being affected by the things of the world and why are we succumbing to these things? Because we feel like it's okay to be near these things. Or sometimes, I'll even go ahead and maybe I should word it like this. Sometimes we become way too comfortable with sin. 
Just because it's prevalent or just because, well, it sure could be a lot worse. And that's something else that, that our society will say that things could be worse. May we understand this, is that may we never become comfortable with sin. How do you feel about sin today? In your soul that's been saved with the righteousness and the blood of Jesus Christ, may we be uncomfortable. All these things that our, our world just laughs and they mock at and may we be uncomfortable about the things that are sinful things and may we realize that, that, that we desire that we might stay far away from those things that are harmful and hurtful that we might say, God, let us be where you want us to be and do what you would have us to do. The book of Proverbs chapter 4, let me read you a verse if I may. Proverbs chapter 4. <coughs> Let me read you the 14th verse. Proverbs chapter 4 and verse 13 says this. Excuse me, 14. Enter not into the path of the wicked. Remember when we said that we need to be separate? Sometimes our curiosity gets the best of us, and we may talk about that in a minute also. We... I've heard a saying in my life, curiosity kills the cat. Sometimes curiosity gets the best of us. Sometimes we wonder, Lord, is, is there a better life out there outside of you? Can I go ahead and answer that question this morning, folks? There is not a better life outside of Jesus Christ. Now, there's joys of the world, and I believe there's pleasures of the world, but there is nothing, and I mean absolutely nothing, like having that true relationship with Jesus. In other words, being born again, there is nothing any greater than that. But listen to what Solomon said. Enter not into the path of the wicked and go not in the way of evil men. In other words, your conduct, your life, the things that you do, he said, these are important. He said, avoid it. This is verse 15. Pass not by it, turn from it, and pass away. You know, a lot of times we want to go close to sin and just want to step around the side of it. Listen to what Solomon's saying. He said, you need to stop, recognize it, and get away from it. What greater advice could we teach people that are saved by the grace of God is to not just say, well, I'm going to go close to sin. I'm going to go close to the wickedness. I'm going to go close to worldliness. But I'm going to be strong enough to take a small detour. Listen to what Solomon said. He said, stop. He said, don't try to deviate to the left or to the right or to try to, to manipulate a way around that. He said, stop and get away from that. Do we ever wonder and ask ourselves, why are we given that instruction? Listen to what he said and avoid it. Pass not by it. Avoid it. You know, the word avoid in the Hebrew language actually means to detest something or to despise something. Again, I want to go back to how comfortable are we with sin? Do we despise it? Do we abhor it to a point that, that it bothers us, that, that sin is troubling? Again, we become way too comfortable with sin that we might tolerate it. And folks, I pray today that even the church of Jesus Christ, may we never be understanding of this. We understand that people are sinful people, but may we understand this, is that sin is never Right, in the eyes of God. If God's word says it's sin, it's sin. May we never become accepted of these things. He said, avoid it. How do we avoid that? He said, you've got to stay away from these things. He said, avoid it. But listen to the second thing he tells us to do in Proverbs 4 and 15. He said, pass not by 
it. Again, I said curiosity sometimes will get us. Sometimes we get to the point where we just want to be out of curiosity. You know what happens when you get curious and you go look over the edge of the cliff? If you're not careful, you'll fall off the cliff. Sometimes our curiosity says, what can we do and how far can we go? And, and, and I even like to think of it like this. Sometimes when it comes to sin and worldliness, we want to see how far we can go without breaking something. How far can we go without crossing a line? How far can we go and then realize that there's a line there? Folks, may we realize this. May we never test the line. I pray that God would always give us wisdom. There's been many times in my life that we kind of realize that I'm like, God, don't please let us step away from these places and the, and the things of life that we might say, God, I don't want to do the things you wouldn't have me to do. I want to be what you would have me to do. He said, pass not by it. And he says, turn from it. How hard is it? Let me ask you this. Let's, let's pause for right here for a second. When he says to turn from it, if you're looking to the north, if you're looking in a direction, let's just say, and you don't like what you're looking at, you would turn your head to the east or to the west, or maybe you would turn all the way around and look to the south. What happens when you look to the north and you see evil? Then you turn to the south. What happens when you see evil? What happens when you look to the east and you see evil? What happens when you look to the west and you see evil? Can I ask you this? Do you ever just think that everywhere you turn and everywhere that you look, there's evil, evil, evil? Sin, sin, sin. Remember what God teaches us to look up. To look up. Today I want to tell you, if you look to the north, you look to the south, you look to the east, you look to the west, you're going to see evil. You're going to see sin. We're going to see all these things that are happening. But I pray today that we would not look around us, but may we look up. I can tell you today, folks, with the deep conviction that I have, there is no greater place that the church and the children of God can look than to look to heaven for guidance. We need to look to heaven that God might say, this is what you need to do in life. This is where you need to be. And that's why that, that Solomon said, turn from it. When you read in the book of Joshua, and that was one of Achan's greatest downfalls, was the fact of his seeing. His desiring, his covenants. Once he looked upon the treasures, once he looked upon these things, once people look upon something, then all of a sudden then sin is able to set in. David, that's what happened to him when he began to, to, to get into the predicament he was with adultery. And uh, when, 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 when he brought forth the child and murder began to try to cover that up, it all began by looking today. Folks, may we realize, God, may we not look upon the sinful things of the world, but may we look to heaven. And that's why when Solomon said, turn from it. The Bible are filled full of instances how that, that, that people do not want to turn and look away from sin. They become comfortable with sin. You know, I want to ask you a question today. Do you think our society or our economy is becoming more and more comfortable with sin? And what I mean by that is, oh, that's just the way they are. That's just the way it is. There's a lot of times I turn a TV on and then I want to turn it right around and turn it back off because things that, that we used to say that, that were inappropriate or things that we thought were not uh, deemed for the eyes of, uh, of children or even anybody else, things we've now become comfortable with. 
Folks, may we realize today and may we train a generation that there are things that are sin, there are things that are wrong, and that God is desiring to save them from the sin that they're in. Turn from it. But listen to what else he tells them in that verse. He said, avoid it, pass not by it, turn from it, and pass away. Pass away. That's exactly what he wants them to do. He said, I want you to pass away. He said, get away from these things. You know, for you and I today, we become a curious people and we seek after so many adventures. People talk about the thrill seekers in life and maybe, maybe you're a thrill seeker, I don't know. But it's endorphins and the, the, the adrenaline rush that people really like that thrill seeking. So it's like they go seeking after these things. May I, t- may I warn you of this? Be careful about seeking the things that excite the body or the mind, but seek after the things of God with your heart. Our heart should be far more important from us, for us as the children of God than it would be the things to make our minds and our bodies happy. And that's why when we read to you here in the book of Exodus in the 23rd chapter, how that we need to be separate. And the reason we need to be separate is because that God is telling us that we must be separate so that we can be what he would have us to be. Well, let's read a little bit more there in the book of Exodus chapter 23 for just a second. <clears throat> All these laws that he tells us to do, let's read a little bit more of that verse. Keep thee far from a false matter. Do we believe that there's a reason why that things have to be separated because they can become corrupt? Or they can cause damage to certain things. Let's turn over to the book of 1 Corinthians for just a minute. 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Do you think, as you're turning to 1 Corinthians chapter 15, do you think that evil intends to corrupt good? I didn't say was evil more powerful than good. Are the intentions of evil to corrupt good? What do you think? Can I read you a verse? 1 Corinthians chapter 15. And let's skip down to the 33rd verse. Be not deceived. Evil communications corrupt good manners. Communications just means company, the people that you're around. I've heard a statement years ago that says we can either be a thermometer or a thermostat. Do you know what the difference in that is? A thermometer is controlled by the environment. So in other words, if you go put a thermometer outside, the wind is going to tell you or the outside air is going to tell you what it is. A thermostat is going to be kind of what the sensor unit runs on. In other words, regardless of what the elements are, the, the thermostat is going to tell the conditions what's to be like. Folks, today, are we controlled by the world or do we let the world... What I mean by that is controlled by the world and the world tells us what we should and shouldn't do. Or do we say, God, we're controlled by you. We set a tone. We set a standard. We do the things that God asks us to do. Be not deceived. Evil communication corrupt good manners. There's a lot of warnings that go out about the corruption, about the people that we're around. 
Now, am I going to tell you today that you leave this place or you turn off uh, listening to what's happening here today and you're going, to, you're going to just get away from all the people that you're around? What I am telling you is this. Be careful who you surround yourself with. May we realize that it's important to surround ourselves with the people of God. God's going to use us in other places. I'm not telling you that. But may we realize the places that we draw strength. And may we realize the places that, that God is going to use us to be the one that's the source of the strength for others. There's a time for he said, be not deceived. Evil communications corrupt good manners. I wonder today, what's the morals and ethics of so many people in our world, in our society today? What's, and I say morals and ethics, you know, today it's, it's, it's afraid, uh, it's fearful maybe is the word I'm looking for, of the condition and the way that people have become so comfortable and so easy with so many things that are sin. The, the phrase that, 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 well, that's just the times that we live in. I, my, my heart this last few days of being church uh, to the children of God, separate. From the people today that, that are unsaved today, my, my encouragement to you is separate from your ways. Separate from the things that are wrong. Separate from the things that, that are harmful to us. Your ways and your ambitions and your desires, all these things are not what God is asking us to do. But we've got to separate from these things. For listen to what we read in the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 16. Excuse me, 2 Corinthians chapter 6. I want to skip down to verse 16. Paul had been talking about being equally yoked together about believers versus unbelievers. And if you think about this, when the oxen are, are, are together and they're teamed up, if you will... They have to be the same. And what that means is they're going together. They're in harmony. They're, they're, in, uh, they're, just, they're yoked together. But one of my point is this today is that if we're yoked together with the world or with unbelief and, and all these other things, they're not going the same direction we are, folks. But if you are yoked together with the Holy Spirit of God, if you are yoked together with the Word of God, if you are yoked together with Christ, if you are yoked together with God, then together you are accomplishing the will and the purpose of God. But we want to ask ourselves, when I say yoke together, it's where two of those oxen are, are, are bound together. We want to say, Lord, I'm in one side, but let me let the world and, and the ways of the world be on the other. Folks, may we be yoked together with Christ. Folks, there's none better today. There's none more important that we can separate from the world, but yoke together with Christ. He is the one that will lead you in the will of God. And that's why he says we can't be yoked together. But let's read if we can down to verse, read in verse 16. And what agreement hath the temple of God with idols? For you are the temple of the living God. And God has said, I will dwell in them and will walk in them. And I will be their God and they shall be my people. Wherefore, come out from among them. And be ye separate, saith the Lord. And touch not the unclean thing and I will receive you. The carnal mind has no desire to separate from the things of the world. The carnal mind doesn't want these things. Listen to what, what, what Paul is saying. Wherefore, come out from among them and be ye separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing. Wherefore. Of all those things that he talked about a little bit earlier there in the sixth chapter of the book of uh, 2 Corinthians, of all those things, 
Paul is saying, separate from those, come out from among them, and be ye separate. It's important today that we realize there are things that we should do, things we should not do, life that we should live and we should not live. Folks, today, if we go by our wishes and desires and ambitions, then we're going to go after the ways of the flesh. But listen to what Paul is telling us. Listen to what we're reading about in the book of Proverbs. Listen today what we're reading about here in the book of Exodus. Just because the world says this is right or this is what we should do, listen to the things of God. For he says, touch not the unclean thing. When you touch it, all of a sudden we become embracing of it. You know, my, a fear that I have is, is that God's children in the church of Jesus Christ, that we start embracing. There's a difference in sin versus the sinner. May we make sure that's very clear this morning. But sometimes we want to embrace the sin and say, well, th these things are okay. Remember what he said in the beginning? It's abomination for the wicked to try to justify the wicked's deeds. What we read to you there in the book of uh, Exodus talked about how that, that God is not going to justify the wicked. In other words, there are sinful people that are in need of a Savior. And may we not justify the sin of a society. May we tell a society about their need for Jesus. But listen to what he goes on to say. Touch not the unclean thing. For he said, I will receive you. So many times in the Bible, God gives us a promise, but he tells us there's stipulations in that promise. We want the blessings of God. We want the end result for so many things. I don't have to ask you to raise your hand or tell me how many of you all that are here and listening today want the blessings of God because I know the answer. We do. But what about the stipulations? When he says, wherefore come out from among them and be ye separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the un." clean thing sometimes we have to realize is that we have to get rid of things early we have to separate from these things and get our lives clean and right where it needs to be I can I can assure you of this if you go out into the woods and you you find a little sapling that's starting to grow that's I don't know a couple of feet tall you can pretty much with your bare hand and reach down and you can pull it up it's not a very strong root system in that sapling but you leave that sapling there for 10 20 30 more years, you're not going to walk by there with your hand and you're not going to pick it up. You're not going to pull it out. Sometimes we let sin just kind of dwell in our life and grow and grow and grow. And then we wonder, why is it so hard to get rid of? We kind of call it, in, in some lives, in, in some parts of our lives, we call it addictions. It's where your body gets used to certain things. Folks, we get to a point in our life that we get so comfortable with sin, we feel like we can't live without it. I'm not going to ask our society today, what can we not live without? Probably cell phones will be the very first thing at the top of our list. We just can't live without them. Folks, I'll tell you what you can't live without. You can live without a cell phone, but you can't live or you can't die without Jesus. The most important thing that anybody can have is to separate from the world, the hindrances of the world, anything that is keeping us from that relationship with him. And he says, he talks about how that he said, if you touch not no unclean thing, he said, I will receive you. Who's, who's the source here? Who can give you what it is you need? He said, I will receive you. You know, I don't know who we really want fellowship and true joy and happiness with, but folks, I tell you, there's nothing better or any greater than having that relationship with him. I'm going to go back, if I can, 
to the book of Exodus for just a minute. Keep thee far from a false matter, and the innocent and the righteous slay thou not. I'm going to let you read that verse. You can circle it. You can highlight it. You can ponder it for quite a while. But the innocent and the righteous slay thou not. One of the many reasons that I believe that God wants life protected in the womb and out of the womb too. That God protects because there's innocency there. But you know, he tells them, he says, there must be a protection that's there. He says, I will not justify the wicked. If you want to stop and just listen, we have all the reasons in the world why we're in the shape we're in. Why does a person have an addiction with gambling? Well, it's because and we have these excuses. Why does a person have an addiction with alcohol and drugs and we have all these excuses? Why does a person have an addiction with the pornographies and all these things? that are, People have all these addictions that are out there and the reason is we justify them. But the truth of the matter is, may we understand and may we realize is that God protect, desires to protect us from those things by saying, get away from them. May you realize the danger of these things and the harm that's come of them. He said, I will not justify the wicked. Today, may we realize what the scriptures are teaching us here in the book of Proverbs. When I read to you there in the very beginning, in the 17th chapter and the 15th verse, He that justifieth the wicked, and he... That contemneth the just, even they both are abomination to the Lord. Today is God calling us to separate from things. You know, I, I don't know what's going on in your life or to any of those that may be listening and hearing these very words today, but I do know this. If there's something in our life that God's saying we need to separate from, I pray that we would do just what God would have us to do and separate because he tells us to keep far from a false matter. If it's wrong, it's evil, and it's false, he said, stay away from it. He said, seek after that which is good. Cleave to that which is good. May we strive today to do the things that God would have us to do and be separate. God bless you this morning. I, I want us to get a song if we could.